Gray Fox. Kept you waiting, huh? Hello and welcome to Grey Fox Plays Games, the video games podcast where a group of friends jump on a podcast every fortnight to talk about video games, what they love, what they hate, and that sweet, sweet fandom in between. Join me on the pod this week. I'm going to go to our trophy man, a man who has already collected four trophies since this conversation even started, Mr. Alex Hemming. Good day, sir. Good afternoon. How are we? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I was going to drop in some Resident Evil bits already, but I'll save that for we'll a bit later. Right on. In on We're going to go so deep. <laughs> We're going to go so 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 Resident Evil. It'll be like Paul W S Anderson would be jealous of how much knowledge we would have. Um, anyway, I'm going to pass this on to producer Jonathan Moles, our tyrant in the room. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> tyrant, thank you very much for that. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. All happy. S- He's chugging away in the uh, in the engine room. We are actually using our, our other host, Michael Carden Edwards' uh, squad class count. I've got to be honest, I'm I'm all off sorts. The UI is just slightly different, and it gives us information like app is not focused. What the fuck does app is not focused mean? I don't know. That means Moles is in a different tab. He ain't paying attention. Ah, oh, it can tell you. Oh my, it can tell you when people aren't paying attention. I'm paying yeah. attention. I have you all on a separate monitor, boys. You're there, yeah, focused in front uh, of me. If I'm uh, looking up this way, there's another screen up here. <laughs> I still can't. I still forget. There was one one episode where we were talking about Marvel Snap, and we're like, we we're talking about it. And Mike was just like, I'm sorry, I'm playing Marvel Snap, and just his phone just came up while he's playing it. Uh, Michael Carden Edwards, our souls brother. How are you doing, my friend? I'm exhausted, but yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, he's back. He's he's back home. Our man in Spain. He came and visited us in sunny Blighty over the last couple of weeks. How was it being back in the grayscale? Gray, <laughs> very gray. Um, I've I, I came back. I took my jeans off and I put them away, and I haven't looked at them since. Yeah. You backpack them for uh, your next trip to Blighty. Exactly fair play all right gentlemen we are all here it is easter it is easter sunday when you're listening to this so happy easter to you we thought what better way to honor that he who has risen from the dead than to talk about resident evil video games um so usually we cast our fellow podcast members as various video game franchises uh, i've cast the die and said can we cast our fellow podcast members as characters from said resident evil franchise i'm gonna go first i'm gonna go with start with alex I casted you as Barry, Barry Burton, a, st- a hallmark of the of the series. Uh, actually, got his own game eventually in Resident Evil Res- uh, Revelations Two, but he was redconned out of the remake of Resident Evil Three Nemesis. He doesn't turn up in the helicopter. Spoiler alert, which is an absolute crime. But if I had to think about you in Resident Evil Canon, I would say you are definitely a Barry. And Michael, you, you're not going to know. You're not going to know any of this. But I want you to Google this person as I as I say it. I'm going to cast you as Billy from Resident Evil Zero. So while you're googling that, if John Woo made a Resident Evil character, he probably would define it as this character. Okay, he's got the '90s tribal tattoo on his arm. He's got the long Tom Cruise esque hair, a la Mission Impossible Two. And every scene, he's in slow motion, jumping, gunning away like a John Woo movie. <laughs> who's got the ultimate backstory of he was a ex-army soldier who was committed for crimes he didn't commit and he was on a 
a prisoner transport that just happened to coincide with Raccoon City as a, a zombie pandemic was breaking out on a train. So I thought uh, that Mikey loves all those sort of things in different combinations of action in John Woo, Mission Impossible, S sort of yes. things. So I think I think Billy, like yourself, and uh, John Moles. I thought, could I go like really deep cuts and do Ark Thompson from Resident Evil Dead Aim? But I thought, nah, it's a little bit too too uh, too um, out there. So I went with Chris Redfield. Why? Because I think if push come to shove, you could go down the gym, you could get you could get the weights on and you could punch a boulder. <laughs> Punching boulders is my thing, yeah. <laughs> I also Sounds love good. it in Resident Evil Village where um, Heisenberg, I was going to go with Heisenberg because I know you like the tinker, um, where he just shouts at, shouts at him, I'm going to get you, you boulder-punching arsehole. Uh, anyway, I'm going to go to Alex Hemming next. Well, thank you very much. For Actually, that. I didn't cast myself, fuck. Um, you didn't. I'm going to cast myself as Hunk, a.k.a. <laughs> Dr. Death. Uh, anyone who doesn't know those guys, basically he's a, he's an umbrella operative who has somehow been in every extra mini game, and he's got a load of law to him. It's kind of funny. Anyway, Hemming. <laughs> well, okay. Thank you for making me Barry. I like that. Yeah, I've got the one-liners and the terrible voice acting. Got that down. <laughs> um, I'll, I'm going back to you, Flint. We'll go with you. I have gone for a Resident Evil 4 theme for this one because nice. Resident Evil 4 is the name of the game right now. You are Louis Sarah. <laughs> I've you got are... to say, he has had the best glow up. He has from any remake uh, to you know. Uh, I, I'll, I'll take that. Louis is a good guy. He is fantastic. He's the ladies' man. Turns on the charm, but fights the good fight with you when he needs to. You see, and also you both used to work for a large evil pharmaceutical company. That is very um... true. <laughs> <laughs> we picked a wrong twist of holiday, yeah. Huh? <laughs> uh, Mr. Carden Edwards, I'm going to make you Leon Kennedy, Leon S. Kennedy. The, uh, the cutting sarcasm, the one-liners, and Big I think that man. you would uh, enjoy jumping out of a window every now and then. But also, I think you did have that haircut back in the day at one point. Pretty oh, sure. Oh, you definitely had curtains. Yeah, I've, go- I've Googled him. Sure. Absolutely. And Absolutely. also, you get to say Kennedy all the time, which is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Moles, I've gone for the merchant. Tall, <laughs> mysterious. Got some wares. But he's obviously got a love of DIY. And I know that you enjoy your DIY. This man is building pop-up shops everywhere. Very true. And that, that is not an easy task. So I, he's the man to call. And uh, as, as for myself, uh, I, I am Tofu, and I will take no further questions on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I reckon you could cosplay as Wesker really well. I'd be down for that. That'd I, be could, fun. I could see you in the coat with the glasses and, and slicking back the hair. I'm going to go to Moles next, and then I'm going to ask Michael just to randomly pick names from Resident Evil without any knowledge of them. I just have ra- to, I, I have chosen mine, and I he has chosen. Put, I want to finish. I put like, all so of about be- 50 seconds of, of effort into it. So yeah, that's, that's half the amount that I've done. <laughs> Moles, go for it. Um, okay, so I will start with. Uh, Mikey, and I put Mikey down as Carlos because he's Spanish, and there's a connection with Mikey <laughs> being in Spain. There we go. So, Mikey, you're the Spanish guy. Uh, I put uh, yourself, Flint, down as Ethan Winters. <laughs> the most uncharismatic character yeah. in all the video games, but he has he grows a hand. That grow back. He yeah. grows a hand, somewhere. and we all know what I'll do yeah. with an extra hand. Yeah, there we go. Um, and I <laughs> never leave the house. Multitasking. Um, I put Hemming down as Albert Wesker, the evil genius mastermind. Why not? I'll take it. I will there take it. There we go. 
And just let's pick one random for myself. I'm going to go Barry Burton. Oh, Bazza. Because he's old and he's grizzled. There we go. Grizzled genius. <laughs> Over to you, Mikey. Okay. Nice. Um, so I I just went for the very standard things uh, and lots of Googling. And I relied on the Google quick answers to give me my, my options. So I chose um, for, for Mr. Moles, I chose Albert Wesker. Nice. Because uh, he's extremely ruthless, apparently. And um, that's Moles would have. Evil genius mastermind. There you go. Um, Then for Mr. Flint, I chose uh, Chris Redfield. Yes. Just because he is the the leader, the battle-hardened vet. And uh, he is our our leader on the podcast. That's how I viewed it. And then for Mr. Hemming, I chose uh, somebody called um, Alexia Ashford. Um, this means nothing to me. Resident Evil Code Veronica, the bad, the big bad. You basically have a very weird relationship with your sister. There's a whole backstory. Any Resident Evil nerds out there would laugh at anyone being called that. It's amazing. Good call, Mike. I see. Um, well, I, 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 I so, um, yeah, it says uh, Alexia Ashford had everyone in the Resident Evil franchise beaten. She was just 10 years old when she got her job at Umbrella after graduating. Basically, she's very smart. And um, Hemming is, is very smart. That's why I went down that route. Um, and then for myself, I went for someone with a... I was, was torn between two, and you guys can choose which one I am. I went for this based purely on how hilariously wonderful their names are. So first of all, <laughs> we have a guy called Steve Burnside. Whereas <laughs> Evil Code Veronica, who's basically modelled. Actually, I think you'd like this. So the director was desperate to model this on Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. Like he was obsessed. He took pictures of Leonardo DiCaprio to the art studio and goes, make this a character. So Steve Burnside, aka the guy in Resident Evil Code Veronica for a brief moment, is all nothing but Leo. Okay, okay. And then the other one was uh, Quint Ketchum. Sounds like a Pokemon. I can't remember what game that's from. Uh, he is... Doesn't say. Um, he's very unlikable, apparently. Um, but Quint, Quint Ketchum. I don't know who he is. We'll have, have, have to look him up. But, uh, Wait a second. I this think is, this is got... a basically a Resident Evil podcast. And between the three of you, you don't know who Quint Ketchum is. <sighs> I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll go with but, Burnside then. But go with Burnside. Go apparently Burnside. Quint is from Resident Evil Revelations, which... I haven't played. Oh, fuck. No, 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 you you play with him as a second. For a, yeah, I remember him now. He's like a big... No, he's, he's a loser. Yeah. Steve, Steve Birdside. All Birdside he also has a hero's death as well. Okay. So there we go. Gentlemen, I think we are sufficiently lubricated up. Um, we'll talk about what we're playing first, though, and watching and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Michael Carden Edwards, I know you've been travelling, sir, so we'll let you chime in in case you have had a chance to watch or play anything. But um, uh, I'll I'm be gonna... quick. Oh, go for okay. it, sir. Well, John, oh, sorry, I thought you were asking me to go first. Yeah, go for it. Oh, that's it. I'll be very, very quick. Um, I haven't watched much other than The Mandalorian, um, the, the new season of that. You've got your. No, I don't want to make it sound like a snobbery thing. You're a new Star Warsy fan, like you've got into Star Wars over the last few years, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I watched. I'd watched the originals as a kid, um, and 
you know, my dad loves them and I was like, they're on, but I'd never really sat down and watched them, watch them, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I watched the episode one, two, no, what, what was, um, yeah, episode one, that was the one that came Prequel out when we were kids, right? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. watched them in the cinemas when they came out as a kid and I thought they were terrible. Attack of the Clones was the most boring of their film. Time. The most boring film I've ever seen. Um, it's terrible. I oh, so bad. And um, and I was just kind of like, eh, Star Wars is whatever. And then I watched, I then re-watched the original three. Um, about, it must have been about four or five, maybe about five years ago now. And um, I thought they were great. I was like, yeah, man, these are great. I knew all the characters anyway, because I'd grown up. My dad's a massive Star Wars fan, so it was fine. Um and then I watched the new ones. Well, I watched the first two and I was like, this is shite. I, I hate everything about all of this. And then I was advised by Mr. Woods uh, to never watch the last one that came out because yeah, it, it basically destroyed his soul. Um, and then I watched, I mean, all the stuff like, uh, well, it like Rogue One and yeah. Obi-Wan and all, like, all these other things that have also happened. Like, I ain't interested, bruv. But I did watch The Mandalorian because it was uh, the music was great and um, and it's a great show. Pedro Pascal, like I love him, so so yeah. it was all good. And yeah, I like The Mandalorian, even though it is very much. We mentioned this on the show last week, Flint, or the last time, where it's like, or did we? Maybe you mentioned it when we I were think together when we met up. Yeah, when we were talking Video about it's basically logic. a fetch quest. The whole yeah. thing is just fetch quests galore, and it's like, oh, okay. But yeah, so I watched some of that, and then uh, in terms of playing, very little. Other than, whilst I was on the plane, I reconnected with an old friend. Skyrim? Not Skyrim. Binding of Isaac. Not, oh, God, I wish. Mario um, Odyssey. Not Mario Odyssey. Streets of Rage 4. Ah, oh, I was going to have done the, the Dr. X DLC, didn't I, as well? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I played that on the plane solidly, and I was like, this is, the, this is fantastic, isn't it? This is so, so good. And, um, yeah, that's me. Beautiful, beautiful, sir. Alex Hemming, what have you been watching and playing? Mm, I can't remember if I mentioned it last time, so please feel free to cut me off if I uh, if I did. But I finished off The Last of Us. We uh, finished off watching all of that. Again, Pedro Pascal, he is amazing. The show is fantastic. Uh, in terms of playing, I uh, the last episode of this gave me a bit of a kick up the arse. I realised I hadn't had a platinum for a while, <laughs> so I needed, to, I needed to get going again. You're five so, down. I've got two. I've got two since. Jesus um, Christ. I finished replaying Life is Strange, the first season. It's its writing hasn't aged very well. I felt it was pretty cringy at the time, and it just seems more so now, but maybe that's because I'm old, and what's it seems weird and scary to me now. Um, <laughs> I used with it. The, <laughs> the, it'll happen to you. Um, the last few... The last episode of it, though, is absolutely insane. It's completely bonkers. It goes from just being a narrative, telltale-style game to having stealth sections and horror aspects and just goes completely off the walls, and I'd forgotten that that all happened. Um, So we finished that one off. That was quite an easy one. And then yesterday, I was just browsing PS Plus, as you do, and saw a game called The Gardens Between... So I've played through that this afternoon, actually. Uh, It's a short game about two friends who one of them is about to move house and you're playing through their memories as children of all the things that they did together as they were growing up, playing in their house, in the gardens, and you sort of explore these little islands. And uh, the whole gimmick is 
All you do is press left or right with the analog stick. Right moves time forward. Left moves time back. And you have to fix little puzzles, move things around, traverse a little light ball up to the very top of this island, and then you move on to the next one. Very, very sweet game. Only took about two hours to complete. Um, but actually, yeah, it got me a bit sort of nostalgic and uh, teary-eyed towards the end. Why can't they be shooting stuff? Oh, well, I've done a lot of shooting stuff as well, but I thought we talked enough about Destiny. <laughs> I didn't just want to dive right back into that we, again. We were, we were like <laughs> 10 seconds away from basically just going, Grey Fox plays Destiny and just talking about <laughs> Destiny. And to be fair, that would be a bad thing. Uh, awesome. All right, Jonathan Moles. Howdy. What have I been up to? Um, this week, I have watched the Hangover trilogy with the missus and those films still to this day make me piss myself laughing. I'd, I'd say I could just watch them like it's, it's, every month. Do you think it's a diminishing return though after one? Like they seem to get worse in my opinion. Um, a- oh no, see I, I, it's a bit weird. First one is obviously the best one, but I prefer the second film when they're in Bangkok. Right. I don't know. I just prefer that one out of all of them. Third one, garbage, but funny. Garbage compared to the other two. It's got John Goodman in it, though. It is, and John yeah. Goodman instantly adds like an extra score to any film he's in. It, it is. It is. He's a good actor, um, but the fil- the third film is nowhere near in the same league as the first two. But yeah, when they're in Bangkok, the funniest scene in for me out of all of them is in the second film when they drive the boat out of the water up onto the lawn, and then Alan throws the anchor off the back of the boat. You may have missed it because it happens in the background, but you hear the clonk as it hits the lawn, and it's just that every single time. I know it's coming. I'm on the floor creasing. So, yeah, I've done the Hangover trilogy. Uh, what else have I been doing? Oh, we finished the um, Cabinets of Curiosities. That was uh, interesting. If you haven't seen that those, go watch Yeah, those little mini kind of programs, which are very good, short and sweet. Um, and then playing... Obviously, Destiny, but we won't go there. And my, I've been getting my kids into lots of games this week because it's half-term Easter holidays. They're running up the walls. They need to do something. All right, kids, let's put the PlayStation on. Sit down, calm down. There you go. There's your Astro Bot. There's your Paw Patrols and your Peppa Pig games. And obviously, there is a new one on the monthly uh, release, Sackboy Sack Great Adventure, which is fantastic. And they can play it together. So that's it. That's what I've been up to. Classic. Um so on the watching front, Miles, you're involved in this as well. Mikey, uh, you got us all thinking about Mr. Wick and we went and saw John Wick Chapter 4. We got very lucky that the cinema was practiced. I think it was empty. There was like a guy sitting at the back. We didn't we didn't question what he was doing. Uh, basically, me, Moles and another friend basically just sat in the middle of the cinema on our own with a couple of beers watching John Wick Chapter 4. And I have to say, it is the ultimate action movie. It is the ultimate John Wick movie. It is nearly three hours long. And oh my God, I think the amount of times that we're going, whoa, boom, oh my God. And you know, it's just like, you, you, you don't have to worry about being in the cinema because you're the only people there. You can really sort of relax and have a laugh. And holy crap, man. So this is not, this is spoilers without context. Okay. That is a lot of stairs to fall down. Holy shit, Hotline Miami. He killed him with a nunchuck and a pen. And the dude with the sword who is blind deserves his own Oscar. It's incredible. The entire movie is just great. It is a 
I don't want to give any spoilers, but it is literally a best of of the John Wick movies. They literally recreate every big scene from the previous three movies and amp it up to 11. They even use all three soundtracks throughout the film. If you do not like John Wick Chapter 3 Palabellum because of the world building or it goes a little bit silly, then you might not like this as much as I do. But I actually love the world building in the John Wick franchise. I love the kind of craziness and arms race it is in with itself. Now, I've been thinking about this. It actually mirrors the Matrix movies, particularly this movie, very well. Now, I can't can't tell you why because it then goes into spoilers. But when you do eventually see this, you're going to sit back and go, that's actually the best Matrix movie to ever have been made. Because if you take the parallels of what they've done with those terrible sequels, and there's actually very similar elements to this, and it's kind of ironic because uh, Chad Wazowski, the director, started out as being Keanu Reeves' stunt double in the Matrix movies. That's how they built up their relationship and they carried on since then. And it's like he almost, he's righted a wrong of actually making an amazing action movie with set pieces, with Lawrence Fishburne, Keanu Reeves, being a, a... jewel in the crown of a series of amazing movies this is incredible although i will say as a man who spent 90 percent of the runtime standing up going yes more please it is a little bit on the long side would you agree moles could it done be like 20 minutes less yeah it was it could have been a trilogy this one film could have been a trilogy seriously there is so much that happens there's literally one bit where it's like okay i think the film's gonna end now and it's like okay he has to get from point a to point b and this is just going to be the end of the film. And there's like an hour left. And it's like, oh my God, this this scene could have been a fucking film. I don't, I don't know about you. There Certainly through, I think it was like the first 20 minutes, I was like, yes, here we go. John Wick, we're in the action, 20 minute action scene. And it's like, fucking hell, that was amazing opener. I was tired I like, of just watching yeah. it. I was like, there's another two hours to go. Ah, Shit. This is going to be a ride. It's like, better get, get some more beers in, lads. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I was watching this going, calm down, Key, I know you're nearly 60, son. Um, but it's just so, so good. It's the most John Wickest, Wickiest movie to ever John Wick. Uh, I, it's, it's 10 out of 10 for me. And it's the best movie I've ever seen that doesn't have Samuel Jackson pop up to say you're part of a bigger universe. You just know, don't know it yet. So that is the best recommendation I can give it. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about it a little bit later on Resident Evil 4. I have I'm on the final chapter I'm very close to end crediting I know how the game ends of course because it does you know spoiler alert it is very true to the original game doesn't mean that there isn't twists and turns doesn't mean that it's not beautiful doesn't mean that it's not hard as balls I know this game I know this game inside out I know it more than my kids yet it's still bloody hard as balls um and we'll talk about that a little bit later on but gentlemen I think it's fair to say that the fox is in Alright gentlemen, uh, it's good that we start off with Mikey being on this pod because let's talk about FIFA for a moment. They gave a press release over the week that FIFA, I mean it was one of those things, it was like FIFA have an announcement to make, we are going to give you an announcement on this massive press release, we are going to be renaming FIFA. We, we all knew that and they gave us a logo and a sizzle reel 
John Moles has literally got up like Pierce Morgan and walked away. But I think that's because he knows uh, I'm this. Uh, my name's Paul, and this is between y'all. And as uh, <laughs> so, we'll carry on. Uh, but gentlemen, uh, you know, let, let's talk about this for a moment. In September, FIFA is going to make the biggest change in its 30-year history. It's going to be renaming itself EAFC. Um, I can already hear the voice EAFC. It's in the game coming back or something like that. Um, and also, they unveiled the logo. And if you read the press release, it's the funniest figure in the world you could tell like some marketing team was sat there for ages triangles make up the game from intricate passes to tactics to even the iconic triangle that appears above your player's head whilst playing fifa we had to incorporate this into our logo so basically look the name change is coming we're here's the logo they have paid for every major console to tweet about it so it, playstation uh xbox nintendo all tweeted the logo and all that kind of stuff well you know mad money's gone into that mad money is going to go into brands changing over the next six months or so if you uh weren't if you weren't aware of this you are going to be aware of this over the next six months the amount of sponsorship they're doing discuss i mean we'll find out more in july right yeah, uh, do we? <laughs> this do is we kind of the this, thing. What, what more can we really anything? say? Yeah, in terms of the game, no, the game's going to be the same old FIFA that it's been for Tastes years. Like FIFA. Yeah, no, sorry, the the same old EAFC that it's been for Smells years. Like FIFA. <laughs> I can't believe it's not FIFA. <laughs> they should have. They should have fucking called it that. It's not FIFA. I, I went to my uh, brother-in-law's house um, a couple of days ago, and he has the new FIFA, and I had not played it yet. And turned it on, and it was only when we were, I think, halfway through the first half, I realised it was the new FIFA. This is the thing, right? I they only very subtly tweak things every year. Literally couldn't tell you the difference. I, I, there, there was no change. There was nothing I saw um, that was different to me. Um, and it was just like, cool. I, I would hope that they basically took a year off. Because they were like, it's the last FIFA. Everyone's going to buy that one anyway. Um, and mm. I would hope that they spent some time um, making a good football game for a change. Um, that would be nice. <laughs> a game that isn't ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, we'll find out more in July. And we'll see kind of if they've made ball physics even remotely realistic. And a game, that isn't, a game that isn't 100% reliant at the higher levels on skill moves. Um, because I don't know if you've ever heard about this, that's not how football is played. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, they, they turned normal football into EA uh, FIFA Street, basically, yeah. at the highest level. Um, yeah, it's... <sighs> Nothing really is going to change in terms of the game itself. I can't imagine they're going to do anything outrageous. All that we have now is that a triangular FC logo. logo. Thank you, great. Lovely. Inspired by the total football of the 70s, Hemming. Sorry. <laughs> the letters F and C next to each other on a slightly jaunty angle. It, and a what? random block at the top to signify oh. the top triangle bit. That's Shit, the key. I didn't think of the block. Yeah. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, I could, as soon as you said the block, I, I see Johan Cruyff. He's right there. He could be getting, he better be getting money. That's all I'm saying, you know? Like, obviously, into that. I mean... I suppose the the obvious question is, is it going to change? No. I think the only thing that might happen, although Nintendo tweeted it, so I suppose Nintendo are part of the, part of the conversation. 
can they just take FIFA Legacy and stick it on the Switch anymore? Probably they not. Owe. They right. owe Nintendo Switch players exactly. a proper FIFA. It's so been, what, three years? Do we get an actual years? handheld, yeah. I don't That's think four they years. do. I think it's been four years. Four years, bloody yeah. hell. I just, just don't think they, they can do it. They just update the roster and call it Legacy, don't they? Um, yeah. yeah. And I don't, I think, I think maybe there's a world where they can't do that anymore. Um, because it's so archaic, the old versions, and with the transition over to EAFC, there's going to be too much technical legacy <laughs> um, for them to to keep doing that. So I don't think they can take that turd and roll it in glitter and keep shoving it down the, the throats of, of Switch fans. So I do think maybe we get an actual decent version for the Switch for the I first so. time in five, six years. Um, I don't even know if the Switch has been out that fucking long. But the point is that, you know, we'll maybe that might change but it's still going to play like fifa it's still going to smell like fifa i think the the only thing that's going to be probably quite frustrating for any football fans like real world football fans is that you're probably going to be sick and fucking tired of seeing this branding because what's going to happen between now and september is every major football event is going to be sponsored by this you are going to see that logo everywhere because ea for their faults, like you can't knock them. Thirty years they've been going at this, and uh, you know, arguably the majority of those thirty years they've been the dominant force in in e gaming football, and they want to hold on to that that rec- brand recognition they've got with with FIFA. It's just that four letters don't cost a billion dollars, um, and I don't think any other brand is going to be able to stump up the cash. And this might be a stupid thing to say as someone who doesn't know anything about making video games, but they have had the luxury of evolving something for 30 years and i think anyone coming into this space now as i think was proven with this is football i think that's what it's called wasn't it um where it's like making a football game for the first time if you don't have a pedigree in making it is fucking hard because we have got such high expectations so many game modes like it's going to get to a point now where it's going to be like ea going to do a whole sizzle reel over grass physics so it's going to be like, we're so fucking good. Look at this grass. It looks like grass. It moves like grass. If you if you get really close and smell your controller, it will smell like grass. Like They're going to get to that sort of fucking thing, aren't they? So I think it's their crown to lose, and I think they're still going to... Like I don't think... Will it change now? No. You know, it's just going to be a different brand. Does it change anything in the next few years? I don't know, because there, there are things that they couldn't do before because part of the FIFA brand is, no, you can't show those certain things. So maybe... Maybe we get like punch ups on the pitch. I don't know, you know. <laughs> Maybe it gets really realistic and you get lots of online abuse for your players in management mode. But I will what say, was like, the, what was that football game that had the you could press a button to deliberately foul someone? I think that was a FIFA game, wasn't it? No, no Provo. Was, Provo, you could do a, a actual foul, couldn't you? Provo, like, there was an intentional. Provo, there was the dive, the dive button. That <laughs> I forgot good. that one. That's um, beautiful. There was red card soccer that was all about fouling. So Sounds I done like a my kind of I soccer done, game, that one. I had a prank to my mate Jamie one year when he bought FIFA, because FIFA always comes out on his birthday. So it's always been like, here you go, mate, I bought your FIFA, happy birthday. And um, he had an Xbox 360, and he had the Xbox 360 Connect. And I said, dude, there's this amazing fucking feature. If you swear at the ref, the Connect picks it up and gives you a red card for swearing, dissent. He goes... That is incredible. And uh, his housemate at the time, Spalding, would text me again, Jamie's just shouting fucking cunt at the TV constantly going, I don't think this is working. <laughs> his birthday is not the 1st of April. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So yeah, you know, yeah, it's a stupid thing to say, but I suppose I suppose wait and see. Like, are we any more hyped for a new FIFA game than we are normal, or is it just a you know no. same shit, different name? I, I exactly think, that. I think what's kind of been, uh, you know, it's happened many times before, and it happens in supermarkets and shops. And says, you pick up a package and you say, oh, it's got a it's got a paper sticker. And you peel with a paper sticker, and you peel it away, and it's got some—it's got FIFA written underneath it. That's what it—that's what this is. She's <laughs> uh, gonna uh, just whacking a sticker on top of it. There we go. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let, let's 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 move on. Uh, we talked about the idea of a portable FIFA. Well, PlayStation might be thinking similar thoughts as well. Um, it's been reported in Forbes uh, because PlayStation done their end of year uh, announcements. They have to do with various stakeholders, and they have formally announced for the first time in the public domain that they are investing R and D time in a portable PlayStation. Now they famously pulled out of that market, the PS Vita, not too long ago. Um, or that feels like a lifetime ago now and the psp is one of the best uh, ever handheld consoles uh you know in terms of sales um so we'll talk about psvr2 and how they probably shouldn't have done that and probably worked more on this in the first place in the moment but guys the idea of a playstation portable are you hyped happy don't care Malsy, you've got so, his hand up, well, sir. oh yeah go the, the, the rumor i read was that it wasn't a standalone device you need a ps5 and it's basically just remote play it's a remote that's, play device that's what i was gonna say that's sadly it it's is. not a handheld oh, it's, that's been play, so many different ways and different yeah ways. playstation are really pushing at the minute the idea of remote play because so they got, know the only people that could afford ps5s probably don't have the luxury of having 100 percent occupancy occupancy of their tv yeah well that's the thing they've, they've already got handheld device cradles for iphones and high-end mobiles for remote play so I think they're pushing the fact that you can now play on your Mac and your PC and your PlayStation TVs, if anyone's still got one of those that are around. And oh. now they're, hmm. they've got these rumors of a new really device that a has a touchscreen. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just going to be a tablet inside a controller there from the go. sounds of things. I've um, seen some concept arts of that. Is that legitimately where they're going, or potentially? Seems that's, yeah, that's what I'm rumors. hearing. Yeah. Wowzers! Oh, I kind of because remember back in the PSP era and PS uh, Vita era, they actually made like amazing games for this. Hideo Kojima made a Metal Gear for the PSP. Yeah, yeah I mean there was a, there was an Uncharted Golden Abyss was a fantastic game that was a Vita exclusive. Yeah. There were some great Final, games Final on Final Fantasy Crisis Ta- Core. Crisis yeah, Core was PSP. PSP. Yeah. Uh, now I really want a PlayStation Portable with exclusive content on there. Then they're not going to do it. I mean, the Switch has shown the Why way. If you're going to do it, handheld. <laughs> so Nintendo showed the way. If you're going to do it handheld, it's just got to be, you know, dual. It can be handheld or it can be docked because that's just so convenient and so useful. And I think PlayStation have just gone. Oh, here you go. You've now just got a way to play your PS5 in bed if you want. It's not great because it has just, to be online all the time. You can't play it offline. Couldn't take it on a commute with you. Just give so me it's really handheld, is it? It's just remote play it's, it's tablet. A, it's a more convenient remote play tablet with a touchscreen. Ho- just give me a cradle. That means it's cheaper. Give me hopefully. a cradle for my phone that I can connect, like hook up to my controller. Does anyone get on well with remote play? I've no. used it a couple of times, but it's always been a bit choppy. It's, yeah, it's a, and choppy. a bit of lag as well. It's laggy as mate i tried it on my laptop 
and like I can from my laptop to my Wi-Fi router, which is Wi-Fi six. It's like I can they can see each other, like line of sight. <laughs> so Wi-Fi signal was strong, still laggy as hell. Ah, oh, disappointing. Mm. Um, it feels that Sony are making uh, for every right move they're making, they're making terrible moves at the same time. And one of those terrible moves was PSVR two. You know, since we've last spoke, it launched. It launched to, I believe, 23,000 units, which sounds big. But if you compare that to PSVR's launch, which eventually went to 275,000 units in the first year, that is a spectacular flop. Now, there'll be plenty of reasons as to why. Price point being one of them. You need to own a PS5 being another one. And lack of games being the third one. What you have there, my friends, is a shit sandwich. Um, But where, where does Sony go from here with this? I mean, it turns out that selling a £500 accessory during a cost-of-living crisis isn't the best business plan. Um, who could have seen this coming? I don't know what they're going to do with it. They've probably got warehouses full of these things sitting there. Are we going to get to the point where this November, Black Friday, there's some ridiculous price cut on it? I can only imagine that's what they're going to have to start looking at. Yeah. Well, they've, cut, they've already cut production buy a fifth because the demand isn't there and you're right you know it's the same old thing with these expensive accessories and vr modes it's like you need the developers to get on board like i feel so sorry for capcom because they're the only developer who actually when i say only developer they're the only triple a developer who went balls in with vr with resident evil um no resident evil 7 they built an entire different mode of the game for it. Uh, you can play the whole game. Resident Evil Village, you can now play that completely in its entirety in VR. Resident Evil 4, they're doing a VR mode for that as well. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, at some point, Capcom will go to Sony, dude, you said there was going to be chicks here. You know, like, <laughs> what's going on? It's there's, it's just, it's, I'm baffled. I feel, I feel for Capcom in particular. They need a system seller. That's it, pure and simple, and they don't have it. And it doesn't help that VR is still so niche. Even the people who like VR have got it on PC. They've got their Oculus. They've got whatever. PlayStation is niche as it is, especially PS5. People are still struggling to get hold of that. And then to have this on top of it, it, it just felt like wrong time. It's yeah. really wrong time. We've, we've said it before with VR, because um, I, you know, it's just not for me. Is if you want people to uptake something, you need to get it in people's homes. Yeah. And the easiest way to get it in people's homes is an affordable price. That's the first thing. Affordable price, shit hot marketing, and good content. I think they're lacking all of them at the minute. I mean, there's a couple of AAA I games. I don't think they should even attempt it anymore, to be honest. Like, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer on this, but I generally think that you've tried the experiment. You knew from that state of play that interest was really low. You can see by the initial sales, it's poor. We cannot see if... There's no commitment from develop. There's Like, usually, when a new console's coming or a new thing, you hear so many different developers coming out and saying, we can't wait to try this new tech. We've got some great things in the pipeline for you. No one is coming out and giving support of this. So just, you know what? 
chalk it down to experience, run it off, become the brunt of jokes for a minute, maybe make a joke about it yourself in a year's time, put it in a blog. Sorry, people, you can get a refund. Anyone who's put the money into it, we're sorry. We, we, we hear you. We're going to make a PSP too. I, I will say, just on a, po- on a positive note for this, the and reviews that I've heard of people that have played it have said it's very, very good. They, they say that... No, they didn't pay for it, obviously, no. But they're actually saying that when you do have it, it is good, but pretty much every review I read also said it's not worth the price. Yeah. So, you know, it's... Yeah. I'll just go one more point, if I may. Um, Sony are electronics manufacturer, okay? They've put shitloads of money into this. And let's not forget, this is an amazing piece of tech, Okay. Now, if they can get this tech and this VR and all these crazy ass sensors that they've got and just that kind of ecosystem, get it into education, get it into like medical field. Could you imagine a bunch of medical students standing in a room? You've got a lecturer at the front, he's kind of driving or she's driving them around the insides of the human body. You know, just the, the ideas that well, come the from Xbox this Connect is crazy. ended up being used in the medical field more than the video game. There you go. Like, like, yeah. There's, there's. Open it up. I suppose. I think the, if there is one saving grace Sony have in their their arsenal, they could use to make the PSVR two work is. In America, there's a uh, immersive cinema experience, not called 4DX. It's called something else, where basically they add two additional screens to your peripheral left and right. And every Sony Pictures movie creates additional content for it. And they, with their entire back catalogue, what they could do is say, love watching films, this is the best way to watch a film ever. Put your PSVR headset on, you get the scene, but you get to look around the scene as well. They've got the content for it, and I think that'll be the, that, that. Again, find other uses for it. But you are flogging a dead horse, my friend. This is a no, go home, you're drunk. This was a stupid thing. You need a Bob Iser like person to come in and fire people and make the right decisions to correct the ship because there are some, you know, pretty dodgy decisions happening. But one decision that wasn't dodgy, which every publisher has done, has decided to not go to E3 this year and fi- you know, finally we've been talking about it is E3 relevant anymore well E3 have decided they're not relevant anymore they've cancelled it this year I don't know if there's any more we want to say to that other than do we think it's back or is it a times are changing times have changed they're not changing they have changed um, I still like the whole in person video game expo thing I like but human it's... touch <laughs> and that um, but for press it's pointless. There's no need anymore to have a big event where you invite all people from around the world, press-wise, to come in and stare at stuff. It's much more convenient for everybody, for them reporting it, and for the punters at home to just put it out there in a direct or a state of play or a showcase, whatever you want to call it. Always dream so, of going to an E3. Yeah, apparently it was horrible. Everyone yeah. said it stank, it's and like a, like uh, it was not a good time. Right? Like when you're young... Music festivals are the greatest thing in the world. But if you go and you're a little bit older, I'm sound like an old man now. Ah, oh, takes fucking ages to get in. I can't see the band. Too many young people here. <laughs> the food's too expensive. I can't get drunk quick enough. And I've got to sleep in a fucking tent. <laughs> no, I don't like the looks of those teenagers. Exactly. <laughs> I'll just get drunk at home and listen to music loudly. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, I've, it, it has always been like it's, it feels like a, oh, I'll never do it. But then again, I'll never, I'll never score a winning penalty at Wembley neither. So come, come to EGX this year in in England. That's that's fun. It's the same kind of thing, just much more low. I never key said I wanted to do anything fun. about it, Hemming. Oh yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, sorry. <laughs> How presumptuous. Fair enough. Well, also, so let's talk about some good news, right? Let's talk about some good stuff. So there was a Nintendo Direct that happened since we last spoke as well. And this is where Michael Carr and Edwards sits up, his ears prick up, his face comes a little bit happier. He's almost like Jack Black promoting the Super Mario Brothers movie right now. And that man deserves to have a fucking award for carrying the promotion of that film on his back because he is doing the Lord's work. Let's talk about Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. We got gameplay. We got see. We got videos. We got le- we got learning about all these new mechanics. And I'm going to shut up now and bring Michael in and say, "Sir, how are you after seeing that Nintendo Direct?" Hyped. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I I look. It's what we'd wanted. It's what we've wanted for a while, just to go and see see the game in action, see what's going on, um, see the new abilities, the changes that they've made. Um, the thing that I found the most amusing following it are the salty tears of people on the internet who hate the fact that weapons break. That's a function of the game. Sorry. And I, I, I don't know, man. I always really like the fact that weapons break because it causes, it makes me use different things and exactly. think of Even different... the master sword breaks. Well, it, it leads energy and comes yeah. back, right? Uh, it makes me have to think about different things. We've all played RPGs and action games where you go, huh, this is my weapon and uh, that's it. And you end up not doing stuff. Um, I remember when I first played Dark Souls and I picked up the Drake sword. That was my weapon forever. And there's there's weapons in games like that that I've just never used. There's complete play styles I've never used. And mm. we've, um, I've actually I've been kind of replaying Breath of the Wild again and um, over the last kind of month or two. And um, it's just a joy. It's an absolute joy to play. And I like the fact that weapons break. I think the durability gimmick is a really good one because um, it forces me to make decisions. You know, I'm, I'm constantly making decisions and that, that and it gives me freedom of choice. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I like it. And yeah, the salty tears of people that are just like, oh, weapon durability is still in. I'm not, I won't be picking this one up either. And it's like, great. Don't care. Yeah, uh, it's still going to win game of the year. It's still going to be the number one yeah. selling game. Um, What's the name of the ability they've used? The, the Fuse one? What, what is that called? I think it's called Fuse. Is it called Fuse? Yeah, I think it's called Fuse. So the ability to take two weapons and fuse them together and becomes a new weapon. That's incredible, by the way. Like, I literally... That looks insane. I was crying with happiness. Um, insane. That looks... I mean, my word. Because when we first saw one of the QA trailers... Engineer. Yeah, when we saw one of the trailers recently, they had it looked like Zelda nuts and bolts to a degree, right? And it was yeah. like, oh no, oh, what have they done? And when they then said, yeah, the thing that the big vehicles you saw in the last trailer, they don't actually exist in the game. You make they them. were just made, and it's like, huh? I did blow my saw, mind a bit. I love that. And then I saw again more discourse about well, I don't want to have to make it. I don't have to do stuff. I just want to get across the lake. It's like well, you can still likely get Swim. across the lake in the, a thousand other ways. Yeah. Giving players the ability to choose their own way of doing it. And yeah, absolutely, I may get across the lake one way and build a little contraption to do it, and it would be really fun. But I might think to myself, when I reach the next lake, I can't really be bothered to do that again. Fine, that's absolutely fine. 
but there are many instances in Zelda where I go, you know what, I can't be bothered to go and get a bit of fire, set fire to the grass, launch myself up on my paraglider, and then do a load of cool bullet time arrows, and yeah, yeah. or I can just go in and keep smashing square. What's square in Nintendo Land? X. There you go. Keeps. I can just go in and keep smashing X until they all die. Do you know what I mean? I can. I've got the choice, and that is what Breath of the Wild. Mm. gave me and it's that magic of choice and the only the only ability that i found when that they showcased where i was like hmm was the one where you can just kind of levitate through ceilings and find yourself at the top of things that That, felt like that's a game like a thing that you should have figured out by yourself if you wanted to but that's not the official way to do it sort of thing yeah it it's um again one of the big parts of zelda i loved was as you progressed through the game and you got like Regali's Rivali's Gale, that's what it's called, and uh, like Rivali's that opened Gale. up exactly. Yeah, that opened up parts of the map that I previously couldn't get to because I just didn't have enough bloody stamina. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and it was like cool. That's that's great. This feels like a massive, massive shortcut, um, which could be quite wildly abused, I suppose. But at the same time, who am I to judge? I am really hyped for it. I think my but only you, you could. Like, sorry to interrupt you. You could Wrong. like wildly abuse if if you were very, 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 very talented. <laughs> yeah. You could abuse the first game. You just go uh, yeah. take oh. on the fucker, right? Speedrunners found ways to just break that game to pieces, and yeah. with these new mechanics, I can't wait to see what they oh, do with yeah. this. That was my it's first one. Like, what's the community going to do with this? It's a gift. They're going to love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. My my only um, I think the only thing that I may worry about. Um, and this isn't a neg- this isn't a negative point at all because I am if I buy one more game this year it'll be this one okay that's without a shadow of the of a doubt this is what I'm looking forward to out of all of the games in the world coming out this year this is this is the granddaddy master of them all for me um, my only worry is is that this might make Breath of the Wild uh, obsolete obsolete irrelevant who wants to go and play that guy again you know what I mean. Mm. But, I mean, maybe is that a bad thing though? If you've got something that's better than, I guess so. But it is a bold move. It's a bold move mm. to do that. Do you know what I mean? By it, but just basically going, yeah, you know that game you had before. You haven't got to play that ever again because One of the greatest it's like games ever made. It's made like redundant. FIFA twenty three and FIFA twenty two. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So I don't think that's... we're going to see Breath of the Wild in shops for fifty p anytime soon. Bar- this Malibu Barbie has a hat. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But um, yeah. I was a bit so speaking about saltiness. I'm not going to call out individual people, but there was one guy who is like IGN's like top US reviewer who's been there for like over ten years, and he tweeted the most saltiest thing of, "Yeah, it's great and all. I'm just really, I'm really dis like the hype levels I would have for a brand new Zelda title compared to this sequel. It's just I really wish they'd done a new Zelda game, and it's like, dude, we knew this was coming." We've spent like the past 18 months hypothesizing over this. What a stupid thing to say on the day they announced all these amazing features of said sequel. Like, can't we just be happy this is here and that we're going to get a whole new world to explore above Hyrule? Not to mention, I'm sure there's going to be some more stuff below Hyrule as well, which they're not telling us about. And also, 
they're famously secretive of a lot of this stuff. This is the stuff they've told us about. So like these new mechanics, these new story beats, it sounds incredible. Yes, there will be some salty people on the internet going, it's just DLC for Breath of the Wild. I don't care. Call it DLC, call it a sequel, just give it a new fucking hat. It is still going to be absolutely beautiful. The one thing, I said it before when they announced it, of please don't just make it a really hacky reason for why we lose all our stuff then I'll be fine. But to be honest, I'm still going to be fine. I'm still going to love it. It's still going to be great. I'm still going to sink 100 plus hours in it and still be nowhere near as good as anyone who's like, like been playing it. <laughs> I, I was also going to mention before we, before we move along, into, we were talking about the PSVR and console sellers. This game has literally made me buy another Switch because they announced the OLED version of the Tears of the Kingdom Switch and I, I had to have it. <laughs> I my mine is an old switch. The screen is a bit scratched. To get a new shiny OLED one with that fantastic Zelda fascia, I had mate, to. Mate, I had my to. my my switch was bought on the day of release, and it has seen far better days. Let me be clear. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that that new OLED bad boy with the tears of the kingdom stuff it looks amazing and it when you amazing. sent me when you showed me the, the receipt of you buying it i was like <laughs> i hate you so much like i ha- i would love to have that and you you bastard basically but yeah i i am um... you ain't eating for like a month now yes oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> so i'm prioritizing zelda first food then Zelda, heating. food yeah. heating yeah, <laughs> yeah that yeah. makes sense that makes sense you also it's actually the is- owner of a Master Shield, aren't you, Heming? Yeah, I got it as a as a present from my partner. She bought me a little uh, Hylian shield. It's uh, about it's yay, yay high, about 12 inches tall. Uh, I yeah, thought it was lovely. legitimately like cosplay-esque size. Oh, God, no. That would, <laughs> that would cost a fortune. No, it's only about uh, 12 inches tall. Still amazing. So- with the with the switch that you purchased, Hemming, are mm. are you in all in any way, shape, or form worried about a a, a new switch, switch? No, I don't think they're going to announce that for a little while. Um, God damn it! They like with the Wii, they didn't replace the Wii for years because there was no need to, sense, it? and oh, it's still God. making big money. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they announced. Well, here's the thing: when they announce the sequel to the Switch. That's still going to be a year, two years away from when they actually release it, and there's not even been yeah, there's no actual a murmur of anything yet. Working on it yet? And exactly. Two years before. Yeah. So I think we'll probably won't see a new switch until 2025, 26 at the earliest. I do love the fact that we, as a like video game community, spent ages talking about we'd have been working on it for 18 months, which means they're going to release it in 2024. And if it's not 2024, it's going to be January 2025. And it's like, have Nintendo ever worked like that? Has any video <laughs> game console in the history of video game consoles ever worked that way? No. You hear a release of some kind saying, we're working on it because developers need to get the, the, the dev kit so that they can make games for it. And like, yeah, we'll find that out the exact same way as we always find out every other games console so you've probably made a smart purchase uh my my switch is not as old as mike's but it's starting to show its years bless her um does keeping it in the dock screw the battery up not that i know of that's good mine lives in the dock until i that that's where it lives and then i obviously pick, pick it up to play it i very rarely do i play it on the tv but it lives in the dock 
Well, there we go. Uh, speaking about money and transactions, that's a terrible segue, but we'll we'll finish off the last piece of news before we go into the feature about Resident Evil 4. Uh, Mercenaries dropped yesterday, and uh, seeing you know, the community uh, you know, wrap their arms around it and, and the door in it, I'm seeing some speed runs, people getting S-plus ranks already, looks incredible. Um, however, people have been hacking the source code and seeing that both Ada and Albert Wesker are in the base game of Mercenaries. However, they are not accessible right now, which has led people to hypothesizing that there's going to be microtransactions happening in this game. Um, if they do that, that's going to suck. I hope Capcom are hearing the reaction and don't do it. Um, I mean, the Mercenaries mode, I've, I've played through the Mercenaries mode. How? It's, it only came just... out at midnight. Because it's only three stages. Oh, it's really? literally, yeah, it's three stages. Each one you can complete in, well, I mean, it's timed. You've got two minutes, and every time you kill something, the time goes up. Um, I, I mean, I what managed stages? to S rank. Uh, the stages are village, castle, and the island. Right, so basically the, the three periods. The three main the areas right in yeah. the game. Um, but they're all sort of just small truncated versions of it with hordes of enemies coming at you. And you can play as four different characters. You start with Leon, you unlock Louis Sarah, uh, Krauser, and Hunk. Because, of course, of Hunk course. is always there. You can't not have him. Yeah. And it's actually, it's, in comparison to Village, where yeah. Village's mercenary modes was unbelievably difficult, this is a piece of cake. This is lovely, nice, and easy. All the village mercenaries modes. Look at that. Very nice. And this one, I have S-ranked all three of these stages because it's it's not that hard. Oh, really? Now, the, the is good because thing we're conditioned is, because of the previous one? No, 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 no. This is definitely much kinder. It feels really arcadey in comparison to that one. This this was just a piece of cake. Why did they delay it? Um, I thought it put a lot of effort into it or something. Oh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the one thing that you do get from it, in-game for the main Resident Evil 4, is if you get an S rank in all three, you unlock the hand cannon which would normally require playing through and getting an S-plus ranking on one of the difficulties. So it just uh, unlocks that for you. Is the hand cannon considered a handgun in the game? It's a magnum. Oh, there's a trophy to complete the game only using a handgun. Oof. Yeah, I was hoping that would be my way to get that trophy because I need to platinum this sucker. Um, so, well, yeah, if it's microtransactions, then, then boo similar to a lot of the themes here let's let's wait and see now right yeah as mentioned at the top of the pod we have a feature we're going to talk about resident evil 4 we've even got a voice actor from the game to do the intro for us um one of the voices of albert wesker um which is amazing you'll hear all it come up in a moment but um this is uh this is a bit too resident evil for mikey's blood so he is going to bid us adieu so we will bid him adieu now you don't need me coming in with any anything about Resident Evil because it will be crap, basically. <laughs> so enjoy, when, have a good time. When was the last time you actually played a Resident Evil game, Mikey? I've never like, played a Resident never, Evil game. Never, never even attempted. Hey, I've never attempted hey, 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 We don't force it upon him, right? We if you don't want to do it, it's entirely up to him. I remember, uh, for that. I remember you guys were playing the cooperative one. What one is that, five? five? Five. You were playing that at university, and I watched you guys play it, and it looked all right. And then I never had a go. And then I was like, <laughs> but I, it wasn't like I was itching to have a go. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Um, I've never played a Resident Evil game. I don't like scary things. That's my main thing. Um, yeah, this, I this don't like for you. being scared. No, so yeah, <laughs> I will bow out. Scary. I'll catch you guys on another day. 
There we go. We see you into the sunset. Do not go strongly into that. Good night. Uh, okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, as mentioned, we're about to start that feature. So, if uh, we won't go into spoiler territories on the remake. Uh, we will be talking about general spoilers, though, of the story. Spoiler alert, the game's 20 years old, and if you're listening at this point, you probably know how it goes, or you don't care anyway enough um, to have it spoiled. Um, so, without further ado, let's get started. <laughs> games resident evil okay we are here we talked about this when the trailers dropped we talked about it our hopes and dreams we gave a little review last time round, but now both me and hemming have knocked a considerable amount of time into this and john moles being a fellow raccoon city resident um who knows a lot about this game already i thought let's let's bring it in now uh, big props uh, to the voice actor who has voiced a albert wesker in resident evil oh, i don't want to say dark side chronicles he was also spencer in resident evil 5 like lord spencer he done a voice of him as well thank you so much for doing that intro absolutely incredible uh my fanboy heart was beating when you responded to that email thank you again sir um but anyway let's talk about uh, this game resident evil 4 um where to begin it's beautiful but the one thing that i realized about halfway through is uh, one of our hopes from our predictions podcast was the length it's size that matters, right? Jesus Christ, this is the longest Resident Evil game still. How many hours did you sink, Heming? Have you how far away from roll uh, roll credits are you? Yes, yeah, so I actually finished my first playthrough yesterday, and I think it took me just over twenty hours. So I was playing on on hardcore difficulty, and like you mentioned earlier, it's not easy. I know this game very well, and they've made some bits easier, but it is still a bloody hard time. Uh, yeah, about twenty hours all in. Yeah, and that, like you say, that's just a basic run, right? So, um, yes, now you've got the the baseline, so you can now start unlocking weapons and getting unlimited ammo and that kind of thing, so you can get your times up. Did you go for like all treasures and all that kind of stuff? So I went for well, I tried, and then realised I'd locked myself out of some areas, and went ah, well, I've got more playthroughs to go through. Yeah, I, um, I think I've done the same. Did you do? I think we done it. This, you probably done it at the same point on the island where you're going up and down where the big uh, what because yes. they, they replace the statue, don't they? With well, it's the same statue, which I'm very happy about. Oh, I kind of like that because they got rid of all quick time events, right? So that whole thing was a big quick time <laughs> event. So I suppose they had to. But um, but yeah, I, I similar to yourself, I could not get through that bit and get all the. There's a bit where we had to like switch signs, change it to a sun to a moon, and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I missed a, I missed a few bits there. here and there. But like you say, there's so many playthroughs that it's not an issue, and I'm I'm sure I'll go back to it. Uh, and as I said, now that you can unlock the handgun early doors, that's going to make things a bit more fun. Oh, absolutely. Um, There's some cool things in this game, some little shortcuts. There's only two amazing ones that I know of right now, but the community are finding them and posting them all over the place. I love the fact that Capcom have put these in and not told anyone. They're just people who are stumbling upon them. One is at the village scene, the bingo scene. If you fire a rifle at the tower with the bell in that rings, you're ringing the bell and that they literally triggers the cutscene and they go, oh, the bell's ringing. Okay, we're all going to go in. So you don't have the village fight. 
which is just absolutely incredible. That's amazing. And you can go around. I love that touch. That's, 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 that's amazing. Uh, next one's one you told me about, which was for the Salazar fight of just throwing cold <laughs> yes. negative him. And uh, similar <laughs> to yourself, um, I think, although I'm sure someone will correct me on this, the difference between normal and professional is some more enemies and a little bit more, but it's not a massive jump in difference of, of difficulty. Um, because when you said you had to throw the egg at him and then basically unload your magnum on him, I had to do exactly the same uh, to to finish him. But he can be, yeah. And I've, how are you finding ammo, by the way? Like I really did try. I didn't ammo find ammo. Yeah, there was only a couple of occasions where I ran short, and they all came in the castle. Uh, there's a few sections quite infamous in Resident Evil Four where you get swarmed by a lot of a lot of cultist goons, mm. and many of them with shields. And they take up quite a few of your rounds if you're not careful with them. So those sections I got a little bit low, but never a major issue, to be honest with you. I think that was just a shit shot. Um, yeah, there's, there's a, <laughs> I'm glad you don't find out your accuracy um, because my accuracy was It, it does tell you at the end. Oh, I do not want to see it. I think I've saved it like 56 <laughs> times as well on this playthrough. So uh, I, I, it's got to be like a C rank or something, but I don't care. It's the point of the first one is just to get the muscle memory back in, get the, get the store opened and start unlocking those unlimited ammo so you can start perfecting your runs. Um, so... Before we go too inside baseball on this, just so people get a flavour who have been playing this, what is your default handgun? What is your and then oh, and if you're not using a handgun, what is your weapon of choice um, now that you've completed the game? So my default handgun is the Punisher, which is uh, it's got penetration power. So as I said, with the guys with the shields, it can pierce some of the shields and get through on them. So that's my default, I uh, and I usually gun. follow that up with the I think it's called the Striker. Shotgun. The shotgun? Yeah. Yeah, so that's my my secondary. I'll basically run with just those. Early on, I used the submachine gun a bit because I could make more ammo with it, but I found that with the harder enemies, that was kind of pointless. Mm. So, yeah, mainly the striker and the punisher. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm red nine um, on the handgun thing, only because I read an article and they ranked it as, like, the best handgun. And I was like, and it kind of looks cool. Um, but I really wish... I didn't realise how good the Punisher was until when you play the shooting galleries later on, it forces you to use it in one of the, the levels yep. of that. And I was like, holy crap, this could shoot through like three enemies. Like the amount of handgun ammo you can save, but also it's a real quick reload. Like you don't have to max out the reload speed to, to reload it pretty well. Speaking of reload, there's one cutscene which is glorious, which is where Leon finds Ashley for the second time and she he's like passing out and he's trying to stay awake and he's holding his handgun and he reloads it one... He checks the chamber one-handed and he flicks it around like a John Woo movie and just <laughs> pops the top and it comes back. I was like, that is the most dopest action man thing I've ever seen in my life. We need more of that. Um, so, Herring, if there's like three or four moments without giving too many spoilers where you go, holy crap, the son of a bitch, like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, you did it. You son of a bitch, you did it. What are those moments when you thought, right, this is it. This is incredible. I've got four, but I want to hear yours. Ooh, okay. Um, one of the big moments that I wasn't sure what they were, what it was going to be like were the fight against the big lad, who I can't remember his name, in the barn. Oh, no, you mean, where yeah, yeah. the barn sets on fire and it's just this massive set piece in there. 
I, for some reason in my head, I was convinced they were going to cut that whole bit out. And I don't know why, but I was so happy when I got in there. And the fight was almost beat for beat the same. Yeah. But it just looked incredible with the flames going everywhere as it got. If you killed him quick enough, the flames didn't spread as far. Yeah. Which I just love that little touch. Um, That was probably the big one for me. The second one, which is something you mentioned earlier, is just how they've treated Louis Sarah. Yeah. And they've given him a lot more character than he had previously, where he was just came across a bit sleazy, a little bit of a lad, whereas now he actually has a bit more agency. noble... Yeah, a bit more agency and a bit more nobility behind what he's doing. I mean, which, spo- uh, I spoiler alert, I don't think anyone's going to mind us saying this. I think we kind of hinted at it. Uh, they had some backstory, uh, specifically that mm. he's working with Ada. He's a former Umbrella employee, and he's got some red in his ledger, and he wants to do something good with his life. Um, so that's why he has a change of heart and wants to help Leon, and that's why they actually incorporate him more. And one of the great set pieces of the game is where you're in the mineshaft, and the biggest twist in the remake is that you're in the mineshaft with Luis, and you have to share the cart with him and for me there's like three like like my my big moments where i've gone holy crap like you guys not only have elevated it you've transcended it was um that that minecraft that minecraft chase where you're you're having to shoot stuff like that's that's amazing the lake which was only meant to be just that you get on the lake and it's a boss fight it's a whole level and it's like hours of content in there it's incredible yeah, they, they expanded upon it to the point where, in my head, I started thinking I was playing Resident Evil 5 because there's that whole section in 5 where you've got a massive hovercraft and you're off in all sorts of areas. Yeah, they've made the lake now its own level, not just a set piece. Yeah. And all the little areas that you break off to, they've got their own unique puzzles that you need to solve in them. And I found that area actually one of the hardest parts of the game, one of the little bits inside one of the tunnels. It was yeah. a nightmare dealing with the guys around there. But an amazing little addition. It shows how versatile that engine is because, like, the caves literally look like something. Have you ever seen the film The Descent? I have, yes. Right. It looks like they've been watching that movie a shit ton, right? And there's a book, amazing book, called Itchy Tasty, which is the story of Resident Evil, basically up until Village, in terms of the behind the scenes making of. For Resident Evil 4 in particular, a lot of the staff went to Spain. And they spent, they lived in Spain. They, they wanted to engulf themselves in the culture. And apparently, for um, not because Spanish culture has less plagues for parasites, but you can see it in the architecture and the designs of the castle and then sort of stuff like it. It's very reminiscent of of southern Spain. Um, and one of the things they've done in the remake is they've, they they went back to these locations to get inspiration again. And I would bet top money that they watched a lot of horror-based movies in caves because it literally feels like they've lifted scenes out of the movie The Descent and put that in the caves of the area you're talking about um, in the lake. And it's it's just beautiful in a gross kind of way. Another area where I thought, holy crap, you've taken a, a section of the game or a, a story beat of the game and you've made it 2023, but not just 2023, like game of the year stuff, the Krauser fight, fight one where you have to because they they realized that they kind of they didn't invent the qte but they definitely perfected it with resident evil 4 in the original version and a lot of games mimicked that to the point where it was becoming a bit of a ball lake in every video game so they're like no we we're not doing qtes how do they take the big boss fight which is nothing but qtes and make it not that 
well it's the parry mechanic and there's times where it's literally like you're blocking 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 almost like a close quarter combat in a john wick movie and the dialogue between them chef's kiss man no i i totally agree and even the second fight with him when he gets into his final form um you still can play it like a knife fight yeah and and it was fantastic for it. It's actually the best way to do it. Yeah. Because if you try to just get into a shootout with Safety that guy, ammo. he will cut you to pieces. <laughs> yeah. I think um, if there's... I will say this. About three quarters of the way of the game through, and this is why, although I love it and I adore it, it's not a 10 out of 10, it's a 9 out of 10. Um, purely because Ooh. I felt that when you get to the island, it is pretty much a carbon copy of the original game when it comes through going through the island bits and I wouldn't have been annoyed if they cut that, to be honest. I know everyone was like, and I know even I was like, but actually now playing it, I was like, you know what? The, The village was perfection. The castle was very, very good. And the island, uh, bit at the end is good. Like it's, it's like a, it's either like go big or go home. And you guys didn't really do either. It was just like, although I will say the regenerator bit, I completely forgot that you're going to get the bio uh, rifle. And I literally unloaded all my ammo on this, the first one you see, and I still didn't kill the fucking thing. So I just run away from it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I then had to go take on the rest without ammo, which was not fun. That's probably why you were struggling for ammo. Let's talk about the merchant for a second. He's got a bit of heat for his voice acting, not being as rememberable as the, the first one. I have to say though, there's some, there's one bit I don't, you see it when if you keep coming back and you don't actually buy anything and just keep saving like I do um, because I'm worried I'm going to die all the time even though there's an autosave which kind of is kind of like an oxymoron why have a typewriter if you're going to autosave in lots of places <laughs> anyway anyway that's for another time for the um, harder difficulties that's why because uh, they remove autosave and harder difficulties don't they um, but um, there's one line the merchant goes suppose I'll get back to work huh? oh, he's just like he just says lies we're just like I, I'm, I, suppose I'll make myself useful. Like he just says these little things to himself, which just makes me laugh. Him quipping to himself. Get back to I work, thought he I was really good. I, there, <laughs> there were issues with him in the trailer. The voice sounded wrong. There, it was not right. That was not the merchant. But they've they've done it similar to the original, but uh, obviously updated it slightly. They couldn't get that same actor back. I imagine for whatever reason. I mean, been but years, I think right? he's great. I think he's very, very good in this I, version. I and uh, I enjoyed own. him greatly. Let's talk, yeah. about, let's talk about the shooting I like him in the, in the shooting range. So with the shooting yeah. gallery, they bought in, uh, they, they upgraded it. And it kind of, re- in my mind, it replaced mercenaries in terms of like the hard fucking thing that you have to get S rank in if you want to like unlock cool stuff. Um, I haven't S ranked any of the shooting galleries. I've A ranked all of them, but not S ranked them. Did you S rank any of them? I, I've managed to S rank them all. Wow! It's, wow! It took me it took me a lot of tries on a few of them, specifically the uh, submachine gun one, just because that's not the most accurate thing in the world. But I, yeah, I, I forced myself through it. Perseverance. That's well, I do. What I don't. We get I, through that. When I S ranked all the mercenaries in village. I basically went on YouTube and found someone who was doing it and just studied them. <laughs> and they just. Well, this notes. is the thing. Yeah, there's a pattern. There's a pattern, and you can make notes and you can figure this out and do it because there are a few of them where it's very specific. 
you have to do this, then this, then this to get in the right place to get the bonus round at the end. Yeah. But as you were mentioning, at the end of these things, when you complete them, you get little medals. Yeah. And you can take those and trade them in on a little gacha machine to get a charm that you can attach to your case, which give you specific bonuses. Have you unlocked any of the really rare ones? I've unlocked one that gives me like 8%... uh, I can't remember specifically now. It's 8% extra shotgun ammo. Something along those lines. I've got... Um, I don't know how rare it is. The ones that I I have equipped is I've got one that gives me 15% extra handgun bullets. I also have the shotgun one that you're talking about. And another one that gives me extra mines when I craft mines. But I've got a fuckload of them. Oh, that one I didn't get. Yeah, and that's that's very useful. Um, and it is nice when you craft and you see the bonus. Ah, oh, yeah, I'll get some more ammo because I need it in this game. Um, okay, before we get into too much spoiler territory, I made a list of predictions. If we think back to about a year ago when this game was announced, we're gonna we're gonna grade Flinty on his predictions. So prediction one was this is going to have connecting tissue to Resident Evil Village. I don't, I, unless there's an extra piece of content that was unlocked in the professional mode, I have not seen anything that connects it any more than the previous one did. Uh, well, I was hoping, no, I, was, I, I can't. was really hoping I've done, for I've Merchant to say something about the Duke, because the Duke says in Village, uh, one of his throwaway lines is, what are you buying? Is what one of my friends would say, you know, and I, was, I was hoping there'll be like some sort of bants between that. Um, we talked about the downfall of Umbrella, Um how they hand that in Resident Evil 4, the original. And they decided to address that by not addressing it. They don't really talk about... They just say Umbrella fell, but they don't go, the stock market crashed it like the way they do in that. So I thought they handled that very well. Um, I predicted that in an early build of Resident Evil 4, there was going to be a Hookman scene because he was wearing the same jacket. They didn't do any of that. They literally went played it straight down the middle, which is probably the right thing to do um, for that. Uh, I did predict that they wouldn't change the runtime at all. I was, was right on that one. Uh, I also predicted that uh, the DLC um, from Ada was going to be in this. As of now, it's not. Um, however, you know who knows how, with success they might end up doing that. I also predicted that they were going to put in the Chrysler backstory and you were going to play that. I even boldly said that was going to be the intro to the game. That was going to be the tutorial. They didn't put that in, but narratively they did. So they mentioned the mission and they talked about it, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, they've definitely given Krauser a bit more meat on the bones because in the first game, in the original, I barely remember him saying anything and then he just turns up and you have a big boss fight. And yeah. I was like, oh, who's this military guy that I'm fighting now? Oh, he's <laughs> an old friend. Okay, that's all I got from it. Um, I, I respect cool. the fact that they didn't try and change the order of things, but they tried to give life to it more. So Lord Sadler, who, to be honest, I forgot he was a bad guy. And you you forget he's the bad guy until you're at like chapter 12 or something. But there was one cool touch, which I thought they introduced, which was beautiful, which was, and I wish they'd done more of it throughout the game, was, you know, the chapter that starts in the church and then you pause for a second mm-hmm. and Sadler's face pops up for a second and he whispers a command where he's whispering it to anyone who's got Las Plagas to say he comes to the church and infect him. I wanted more moments like that. When I saw it, I was like, oh, that's really cool. It's such a cool concept and a great way of doing it. They didn't do any more with it, which I was kind of disappointed with. 
Yeah, there's just a couple of occasions at the start or end of a chapter where Leon will sort of have a dream sequence, as it were. We'll hear the voice of Sadler trying to uh, get him to join the cult and give his body up to the holy body. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's glorious. I also have an abundance of yellow herbs. Did you end up having an abundance of yellow herbs? I did found a lot of yellow herbs. I mean, by the end of the game, I'd only maxed my health out. I only ended up maxing my health out by chapter... 14 yeah same. so even though i tried to search around for them they only gave I you had, a tiny little bit of extra health well, i each kept time. having the yellow herbs but not many green herbs so i just sat in my inventory at <laughs> the time so it's just very fucking annoying right um but uh so let's let's round this off um in the remakes where does this sit for you so between two, three, Out of, what, two, three, and four? Yeah, where's that sit? The remake I would say that this is probably just... <sighs> Oof. I'm going to say just ever so slightly behind two. Yeah, and so. that's... I'll, I'll clarify that and quantify it by saying two was an older game that they added so much more to it in the remake. Yep. Whereas this follows primarily what already was in 4. And they've trimmed out some of the fat, which is yep. great, and made it more streamlined. And the lake is fantastic. But 2 was such a massive overhaul while still feeling the same. I, I would still say 2 is yeah. the best. I'm not saying that 4 is not bad by any means. I would say RE2 is 10 out of 10. RE4 is 9 out of 10. And that's not a bad place to be. Fair play. You've taken one of the greatest games of all time and you've matched it. Like, well done. Good job. Um, but yeah, like it's, a, it's, it's not a bad thing, but it's, 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 it's definitely just been pipped by the second remake because uh, how glorious that was. Now, Miles won't mind us going a little bit about ending territory. Uh, they have been a little bit ambiguous about where they go next. Um, but then again, I should point out before people start saying they're definitely doing Code Veronica or they're definitely doing Resident Evil Five, I remind you at the remake end, like Resident Evil Remake Three, Jill Valentine literally has the fucking cure in her hand in a post-credit scene, implying they're going to do something and they have done nothing since. So it could mean absolutely nothing. Um, but yes, we are believed that Wesker is involved. We knew he was involved, but we knew he was involved post the original game because they put in dlc with ada in so we shouldn't be surprised that they've included part of that in the story beats but they've left it open up enough they've acknowledged that code veronica is a thing without explicitly saying it um so yeah where do you think they go i would love for them to do remake of zero or code veronica because i've not played those ones so i would love my to get a proper experience with it I thought with the ending, the very final scene that you get in the game does involve a certain character, that it was hinting quite heavily at, at 5. And I wouldn't be surprised if they just remade 5 because it wouldn't take a lot it. more. Yeah, yeah. When you're playing through Resident Evil 4, they could just take that engine, use even a lot of the environments, and make 5 from it. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's already in the works somewhere because I don't think it would be too intensive for them to do yeah it's just i just i wanted to stop listening to us right like i was i was annoyed that <laughs> when resident evil remake 2 came out there was a little there was a small but very loud minority of 
the game video game community going remake four and it's like can't we just have nice things and enjoy what we've got um, but then what do i know because they've made resident four and they've done a banging job um and I always said I felt like Resident Evil 3 probably should be DLC, and Capcom thought that too. They just didn't fucking call it DLC. They literally called it another known title, and it felt like an elaborate DLC. Um, Ouch. Yeah, it, it was, weren't it? I mean, look, you've got, like, we're, we're eating good right now, and, yeah, Resident Evil 3, if you can buy it as part of a collection, like the Raccoon City collection, absolutely, and play it. It's great fun. It's a beautiful game, especially on PS5. Best looking um, of the bunch, but there's just so much potential that had and they just farted it and um, I'm glad they didn't fart this and I think the best thing that Resident Evil 3 could have done was because they they offshored that to a B team and they had a B team working on this Resident Evil 4 remake as we mentioned in our very in-depth coverage in previewing it and that halfway through the production of the B team working on Resident Evil 4 Capcom went no I'm sorry guys we're bringing this back in we're starting from scratch and this is what we got as a result of it. So hopefully the lessons have been learned and we won't get that again. I really want to see a world where people start learning more about the releases outside the numbered releases. So Code Veronica, yes, please. Zero, that's a great idea. Now, this might sound batshit crazy, but Resident Evil 1, the remake, is older than Resident no, Evil 4. No, I, I think that would be great. Like, yeah, go back I to think that that would be a great idea. Redo the Spencer Mansion. Yeah, in the Properly. Engine. Yeah. Give it justice. I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the remake is amazing. fantastic already, right? But, like, yeah, let go there. Um, we know Resident Evil 9's in the work at the moment, and uh, if we go by their pattern, we'll get one more remake, and then we'll get another new entry into the, you know, into the sphere off of this. Resident Evil, I know people are probably going to start rolling their eyes at how many things are coming out. It's going to, Resident Evil is going to become the new comic book movie of video games of just, oh, no, another one. And then people like me going, yes, another one, please. Um, but it, now's the best time, right? In spite of a terrible TV show, it was watched a shitloads on Netflix. In spite of Paul W.S. Anderson doing a terrible, and I want to say this again, terrible seven-picture saga, <laughs> it still sold a load, right? Um, in spite of Resident Evil, Welcome Sorry, to Raccoon City. seven? Yeah, there was seven. Wow. Yeah. Um, in spite of wow. Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City be, doing so poor, they're making another rebooted movie. Um, in spite of Resident Evil and Darkness... Ah, uh, but it's it starts with rumours, but I, I believe that Constantine films are constantly going to be killing that IP. So um I don't I don't see Capcom stopping. They're winning the awards, they're getting the sales. Uh Resident Evil four remake has been the highest selling first week release of any Capcom game. Of any Capcom game now. Like that's like the the mascot is I know you know it's incredible. Like, when you say Capcom, people think Street Fighter, but eventually people are going to think Resident Evil. Like sales wise, they think Resident Evil. It's what a time, and I'm just so happy that they're not shitting the bed like with with a lot of it when it comes to the video game moves anyway. And let's just see where it goes. We've still got life in this game. Um, I think we'll get another Resident Evil showcase towards the end of the year. I think we'll get more DLC. I think we'll get more mercenary modes. I think you're right. I think they're going to unlock more levels and stuff like that. And I think that will coincide with a announcement so. of Resident Evil 9. And I think at some point they'll say, and by the way, here's Resident Evil 5. Probably. Um, 
But can I can I also throw in as a Resi adjacent game that I I kind of hope they're working on the background? Can we get a Devil May Cry one remake? Ah, oh, I mean, I mean, Devil May Cry. That is what. Let's give me that. Yeah, they put that. Um, they put the special edition on PlayStation Plus um, last month. If you haven't played that, ah, oh, my days crack on with it. You get to play as Virgil. Can they stop putting Virgil in the games? Like we get it. He has a twin brother. Didn't work <laughs> out. Let's move on. Can we stop their bullshit in their family, please, and carry on? But um, I think you're more likely to get a DMC six than a DMC remake at this point. That's my opinion. But uh, I do oh, agree yeah, with you. Quite possibly. Like, it's just that it was. You know, it's the, it's the classic thing that it was a originally Resident Evil. I think it was, it was originally Resident, Resident Evil Four, and yep. then they changed it into yeah. Devil May Cry. They done so not to go down too much of, of history lesson with it, but there was uh, two schools of thought. One was keep it over the shoulder tank controls, and then the director, who then went on to direct Devil May Cry, literally wanted to go. No, nah, it should be a hack and slash game, and like the architecture and everything else that's that started life as as dmc and yeah it's it's got its own franchise and it's absolutely incredible and if we're if we're remaking classic capcom franchises while we're at it onimusha where's my onimusha i need someone else to get back <laughs> into life like ah, uh, i i still watch this to this day the intro video to onimusha free demon siege watch it it's the greatest piece of action video game cinema ever and also, if you want to have a bit of a chuckle, watch behind-the-scenes motion capture for Devil May Cry 5 because they literally, as like the director, and a fair play right, for the directors that do this, they get a production house to act out the scenes as people, and it's like a real budget movie because they put very rudimental effects in, and they'll be like, okay, so it's going to be in the car, they're all going to flip out the car, and the camera moves slow motion, and they're going to spin it around, and it's just incredible to watch. Anyway, I feel like we've talked the uh, the, the dead legs of this hind Resident Evil donkey, and let's bring this pod to a close. If you've enjoyed what you've been listening to, please click on that like, follow, subscribe, whatever button it is that you get more content from Grey Fox Plays. I'm going to pass it back to my Luis, Mr. Alex Hemming. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very, very much. And our producer, Jonathan Moles, the tyrant, Mr. X. Thank you again, sir. Thank you very much. Until next time, come back, stranger. Stranger.